This is exactly right. Oh, Kurt, maybe I'll go first today. Oh, I like this. Change of pace. Diplo beat Oprah Winfrey's LA Marathon time and says he took LSD to do it. Oh, well, we're going to have a, a a trippingly good time. That's not good. I don't want to do that one. Uh, but keep it in there, Katie. Uh, we're going to we're going to trip our balls off. No, I want to do. Uh, we're going to push through the finish line on this episode of Bananas. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. I am Kurt Brownoller. I am not on LSD. I'm Banana Boy number two, Scotty Landis. Thank you for listening to the silliest little podcast there ever was. I have my garage door open for the first time in... Yes. Well, this is the first time I've recorded with the garage door open, so we might get noises, we might get sounds, but it's just nice that it's not currently raining. It's beautiful. It's amazing. And I'm happy. I got a smile on my face because of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, people are like, LA people love to talk about the rain. I, the analogy <laughs> I now use is it's as if your grandmother got a mohawk. Yes. Yeah. And Everybody's got a grandmother. And continued getting it. Like for the first month, it was like, that's weird. Gran- grandma has a mohawk. And then the second, she's like, she got it recut and re-dyed. <laughs> And then the third month, she, says, she did it again, and now it's rainbow. <laughs> and you don't want us to say anything about it? How dare you? How dare you? She is at supper every Sunday with a yes. four-foot-tall mohawk. I know. Everywhere in the country is like, I also have a grandmother. I've seen mohawks before. There's mohawks in my neighborhood. You're like, no, nope, but my grandma doesn't have a mohawk. So if you don't think I'm talking about it, you've lost your marbles. <laughs> Let's get into our fantastic guest, Scotty. Oh, let's get into our great guest. Our guest today was named number one coolest person in Cool Cool Magazine. I love Cool Cool Magazine. Me too. They weren't wrong. She's an actor, writer, comedian who you've seen on Comedy Central, NBC, all over the place. And she also co-hosts a great, great art history podcast called Podvant Guard. That's Podvant Guard. And... Consider yourself Lucky Ducks, because you can watch her new special, Figuring It Out. I watched it on Amazon Prime. Let's welcome to Bananas, Katrina Davis. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for having <laughs> me. Boy, I loved your special. I loved it so much. <laughs> Thank you. You're so I very funny. I that a lot. Thanks, Kurt. <laughs> I, I love doing Kurt's show here in L.A. Oh, hot it's, tub? Yeah. It's a pretty big deal. I love it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I'm so happy to have it back. It's just so pleasant to be doing it again. I know. We might get rained out again. We had to cancel last week because of the rain, mm. and we I might saw. get rained out again this Wednesday. We started on the the coldest, rainiest uh, winter ever. We really def- definitely thought it would be, oh, great, you know, COVID stuff. We'll do an outside show, and it's like, oh, no, 12 atmospheric rivers. So my... <laughs> My most egotistical take on L.A. rain is that it started raining the second I got a suede jacket. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, 
I think this is intentional. I think that LA doesn't want me to look my best. And <laughs> <laughs> I remember I got I got suede Pumas in, when I was like 22. And it was the first pair of suede anything I'd ever had. And yeah. then uh, and I got them wet and they were like ruined. And then and I was like, what's happening? And then my girlfriend was at the time was like, oh, yeah, you can't get suede wet. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What people wear? You can't ever. It's a shoe. It's yeah. so what crazy. does it? What happens to it? I don't because I don't know if I've ever like it did bleeds. it disintegrate? Oh, like the color? Oh yeah, the color up. just yeah. Oh, bled. got it, got it, got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it just looked like it was just all everything just got like dull and grayish. Um, okay, yeah. so it just can't hold color when it gets wet. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. I. My mom was constantly, when I was little, if you ever like something that even looked like suede, she was like, we're going to have to scotch guard that. <laughs> I was like, okay, mom. <laughs> just like yes. constantly scotch guarding things. <laughs> well, I did not expect this conversation to go in this direction, but you two <laughs> just sparked such... Okay. I th- This is a story that I completely forgot about until you said oh, that. Oh, it's the, the best. Three, <laughs> man, three or four, I guess four years ago... A friend of mine was like, do you want to go see Dwight Yoakam at the Roxy? And I was like, sure, okay. And then so I got tickets. Roxy's small little club in Los Angeles. I guess he played there like 35 years ago or 40 years ago was one of his first shows in L.A. So it was kind of like, hey, it's a homecoming show for this old country star. So on my way there, my friend's like, I don't feel great. Sorry, I'm not going to be able to make it. So I go to the Roxy and I go in and I'm – on the younger side of the audience. I'm mm-hmm. like one of the younger people there. And uh, and uh, and are you a Dwight Yoakam fan? Yeah. I like a few Dwight Yoakam songs. Okay. I, right. I, I I like I was like, you know what? I know three three hits. And if he plays those hits, I'm gonna be like, seen him, seen Dwight Yoakam. So I grab a drink, I'm standing in the back, and there's a young younger woman there that's like early twenties, and she's in full suede jacket with like the Yeah. Whatever those things are called, the ta- the, the frills. What is that? Oh, frills? like fringe? fringe. Fringe, yeah. So fringe all the way down. She's got like her Wild Bill Hickok shirt, uh, jacket on, and she comes over and she's like, "Cheers!" And I'm like, "Cheers!" Dwight Yoakam comes out. She taps my glass. She starts dancing, and then she just starts grinding on me <laughs> the entire to Dwight Yoakam. So she just puts her butt right against my crotch and just starts dancing. And I'm like, okay, I'm looking around for her friend group. I'm not seeing anybody younger than me. So after the first song, I kind of like politely step back and like applaud. (laughs) And then the next song kicks in. Here she comes again, just <laughs> drunk and grinding at a country show, packed into a little club. And I'm like, hey, what's your name or whatever to try to like be like, what's going on here? <laughs> Doesn't respond. So now she's just not talking to me. Just, so just like that dancing. level of drunk, that level of drunk where she's not responding or she's just like being mysterious? <laughs> I, I, well, she was turned away from me the entire time. So I have no idea. So <laughs> so this concert goes, I don't know, 90 oh, minutes. Is anyone else dancing? Like in people any are, way, shape or form? <laughs> people are doing a little bit of that country, like bobbing. And some okay. people, yeah, like the older ladies are sort of spinning each other a little bit. Like there's a little two-step going on, but it's packed in. I was about to say, you're like top baby boot scooting. And this girl is like <laughs> getting it down. Yes. So eventually I, I'm like, I'll just go get another drink. I'll go to the bar. That's a good breaking point. I'm tall. I'll go find another place in the back. It's not my favorite artist. Yeah. 
So I get another drink, and then about 20 minutes later, she finds me again and just is dancing on me so <gasps> much. Again. And there's no conversation. There's no conversation at all besides <laughs> cheers, and then uh, just butt uh, the Cheers crotch. again. Walk up, cheers, and no, then- No, only one cheers. Oh, only one cheers. Like two magnets finding each other from across the universe. <laughs> Because so, I was about to say, the second time, how did she even find your front so readily? She's just like. <laughs> she just, there's I, there's one photo. She took, she ended up taking what? a photo. And I like, I want that photo so badly because like didn't get my number. Like just like took a selfie and then left. And I was like, okay. So I wonder I went if she, out when you were, when you were not with her, if she walked, if it was as if her butt walked her backwards towards you. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> she walked going kind of like just with her butt stuck out. Like just going in between the crowd looking for you. Like yep. how love bugs walk. <laughs> One, like she was just walking backwards looking it for Scotty's like crotch. <laughs> it felt like love, let me tell you. And so then I go to this bar, the Pikey, a couple of my friends are out. So after the concert, it's like, bye, bye. She goes her way. I go my way. I go down the street, hop out of the Uber, walk in. And my friend's like, what's up with your like basically what I was wearing and I'd been wearing like tan Levi's and they were completely stained with suede from her jacket like little balls of rolled up suede leather no. or whatever all over my stomach and my crotch <laughs> so, then, so then i just looked so weird at this what? bar because you can't brush that stuff off yeah she marked you <laughs> she marked me all right wow so whoever you are if you listen to bananas uh, dm us it was a very strange night and i want to know your point of view about what you think i was doing which was slowly trying to back away from you at all times <laughs> It was so funny. God, I, I forgot about that completely. <laughs> Anyways, let's get into it. Figuring yeah. it out, it's such a great special. Thank you. I really you are a that. great a comic. You mentioned microdosing in your special, so I thought that this yeah. Diplo story might hit home a little bit. No, Kurt, I was pretty say? amped when you brought that up. I was like, oh, sweet. We're starting off with something that I can say something about. <laughs> All right, perfect. Good, good, good. And, uh, good, good, good. And right now, it's on Amazon. Is there anywhere else people can see it? Oh. Or Amazon's the main way? There's a bunch of places okay. you can see it. And um, like, I'll plug like where you can follow me at great. them. But on my website, I have like a list of all of the different links that they gave me Great. that you can watch it because everyone has like i watch it on zinglezam and i'm like i don't know find it <laughs> yeah yeah. Right. yeah see who partners so that you're like 12.99 whatever can apply yes, yes. <laughs> there yes. was it's i remember so watching a, a show that was like a parody of a show and it was supposed to be on something called voo <laughs> View, yeah, voo boo, and yeah. then it was maybe one, and that was a joke. And then maybe one month later, voodoo came out, and now it's like a way to watch things. You got to change it to something more fake. It's too real now. It's too real. It immediately yeah. becomes real. Okay, <laughs> give us yeah, the story. My Scott. God, Isla Birch sent this in. Thank you, Isla Birch. Um, this was on Insider.com, written by Catherine. I think it's actually Catherine. Catherine. I don't think it's Catherine. I think it's Catherine Schuster Bruce. Or it's Catherineing. She's maybe Catherineing. <laughs> Which sounds like a teen girl horror, like the Catherineing. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh snap! Uh, that's really good. Ooh, that's pretty good. Uh, she is the best in the biz, no matter how you say her strange first name. Diplo beat Oprah Winfrey's. L.A. Marathon time and says he took LSD to do it. 
Boy, oh boy. Let's Here see. we go. Here this was is. last week in Los Angeles. Uh, DJ and producer Diplo ran the Los Angeles Marathon in under four hours and says he took LSD to do it. Diplo said on Twitter he put five drops of LSD into a water bottle the night before he ran the 26.2-mile course with 20,000 other people. Quote, the most I've ever ran was 11 miles, so I did what any normal person would do and took LSD. <laughs> Diplo, <laughs> Diplo, born <that's> Thomas <laughs> Pence. This is also why. Why is Oprah's score in here? Like, what? Thank you. Why is it compared? Why are we coming for Oprah's time? When was the last time she ran? He's beat. He also beat a lot of other people too. (laughs) A lot of celebrities as well. Why Oprah? I'm imagining Oprah reading this and being like, "Hey, fuck me." He also beat Fred Durst's store, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> or Oprah's super competitive, and she's like, oh, okay. And Oprah just smokes them next year. Oprah could smoke them. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I do answer that question okay. in the article. Thank God for those who don't know. And thank you, Insider.com, for explaining this. LSD is a psychoactive drug that's banned in the U.S. <laughs> and most other countries. Thank you. So that's always my favorite sentence in these stories. I'm surprised they're not explaining what words are because we're reading an article. (laughs) (laughs) In recent years, microdosing, where drugs are taken at levels that don't induce a full trip, have emerged as a trend in Silicon Valley, with people claiming that LSD helps with their creativity, productivity, though it's not proven. I don't know. It might be proven. That seems like a weird thing to just shut down right there. Uh, scientists are studying whether the drug as a microdose might help to spark your energy, improve pain in older people, as well as testing it at much higher doses alongside psychotherapy for health conditions like cluster headaches. Okay. Okay, great. Uh, as for marathon runners, there's no data to inform us whether microdosing LSD is beneficial or dangerous. David Nutt, director of neuropsycho psychopharmacology unit at is the that, division of is that dr d nut <laughs> yep that's dr david nut n-u-t-t oh boy he's a nut all right he's uh he works at the division of brain scientists at imperial college london uh in the uk told insider um they, yeah they have never tested anything for marathon runners runners but the drug can be temporarily increasing of blood pressure heart rate body temperature in healthy people. We don't know its effect in marathon runners, which is likely depends on the, the dose and the person's physical health. Doy. We could have understood that. So here's, uh, here's the context and here's the Oprah connection. Most runners in the race, which attracts people from around the world to the LA Marathon, are expected to complete it between three and five hours, even though elite runners can cross it at around two hours, which I did the math, that's almost 13 miles an hour. Are you joking? 26.2. They do it in two hours. Oh, my God. So they're running. If you think of what a treadmill is, when you put that thing on 14, which is like the max at the gym. I mean, that's insane. I put it on 10, and I can't keep up. So, yeah, their average speed is like 13 miles an hour. That's nuts. That's That's more than double the fastest (laughs) I've ever been able to run a mile. Right? Yes. (laughs) That's crazy. And you do it for how many? Yeah, because how many miles is the marathon? 26.2. So they do it in like two hours and 13 minutes. So they're running right around that. Crazy. 
crazy. So Diplo, who is 44 years of age, said on Instagram that his only goal was to beat TV host Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> oh, so he came for her. <laughs> Oprah Winfrey ran the Marine Corps Marathon in a very impressive time. Four hours and 29 minutes and 20 seconds, which she achieved at the age of 40 in 1994. Okay. Good for Good for Big O. That yeah. rocks. Uh, Diplo finished the race in three hours and 35 minutes. Wow. That seems really good to me. Yeah. Yeah. But for- I wonder how he felt after. Boom. There it is. Yeah. Because remember that story? So Brooks Whelan, who is a, yes. who's a comedian, he's a stand-up, yes. he... Yeah had a bet with his buddy Nick Turner. I think yep. it was 500 bucks uh, that he said, like, I, he, Nick was like, you can't run a marathon. And, and, uh, and Brooks was like, I'll run a marathon tomorrow. And they bet $500. Drank all night. He drank all night. No. Wo- yeah. Woke up. And then he, he ran a marathon. I was there. Uh, or I guess I was following it online. No, I, no, I stopped by during it to say hi to them. Yeah. And, um, so he ran it. He had on, the most he had run previously had been like eight miles, but he normally ran three miles a day. So he was okay. a runner, right? But um, on, but dope. not on a marathon. Like he wasn't training to run twenty. Are all marathons the same length? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. So they. Oh, and he was trying to run uh, under eight minute miles. So and he came very close to running under eight minute I miles. Mean, give me a break, which is crazy. And then he, um, and then he fucked up his legs and knees, and for one full year had to be doing rehab for the entire time. Oh, yeah, cautionary tale. Um, but he did get a sponsorship out of New Balance <laughs> and. And Mountain Dew, because he was just coming in to drink Mountain Dew, and then he would go back out. There's a whole podcast about it. I can't remember the name Absolutely of it. Absolutely insane. Yeah. Insane. But at that point, that you're just crazy. burning sugar and calories anyways. Yeah. But man, bad for life. Yeah. Yeah, because what is what are your muscles running off of if you were hungover the night before? They're just like shrinking yeah. in on themselves <laughs> while you're running more than you have in months. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. I when I pitched the machine movie to Burt Kreischer, he I you know I pitched this movie to him, and then he liked it, thank God, and he was like, "Let's do it." But then I was like, "What do you want me to put in there about you?" Like, and sometimes when you write for a specific person, you ask them like, "Hey, is there a scene you really want? Is there you know you want to say something specifically?" And he's like, "Just talk about like I believe in Mickey Mantle strength, which is he ran a marathon with zero training, I think hungover, and he." He always felt like Mickey Mantle, the baseball player, was always drunk or hungover and like was an incredible Hall of Fame player. So he was like, put that in. But I think he, I think his legs were shot for months too yeah. afterwards. <laughs> but that's what he asked me to put in. He's like, just like the drunker I get, like I just want to have like Mickey Mantle strength, like running through walls. And I was like, okay, we can do this. This sounds good to me. <laughs> oh my goodness. I- Not me. I don't know. I wonder if we still make people like that anymore. Does that make sense? Or should we? Like old <laughs> baseball players that drank nothing but Coca-Cola yeah. their whole lives, but we're still yep. okay somehow. Yep. <laughs> like That yes. kind of thing. I don't know if we 
if those kind of people exist anymore. I think basically what happens with that, it's like the it's the it's the barrel chested gentleman yes. who is incredibly strong and athletic, but always drinking. Who in my head picks up things by going hop, hop, hop. Like he's just <laughs> making weird, weird noises. I don't know why. Yes. <laughs> I think they do exist. Like I think they do exist. It's just a, it's just a shorter lifespan. Yeah, mate, that's what it is. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. that guy's really strong, and then you're like your friend that died when he was 45. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 that guy, that guy. Yeah, yeah. He was strong though, and he was a great drinker. That guy. <laughs> I read Paul Simon's biography and it said like he got super into microdosing in his like late 60s or 70s and that it became like a problem. But he was like microdosing later in life for creativity. And I'm like, Paul Simon? Microdosing acid or? um, I think, I think. I would love to try microdosing acid because I microdose mushrooms a lot. I'll have to look that back up. Well, microdosing Molly, that's fascinating. Yeah, that would probably be great. Yeah. I'm not. Molly stresses me out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. While you're on it or later? It's not for me. It oh, like It's stressing because I tried it once and I was talking to a friend and fellow comic about it who after I like explained yeah. how I was, all my friends were having a great time and I was just like a hummingbird inside. Yeah. And wished it wasn't so dark. <laughs> and my friend was like, oh, yeah, people always forget about the part of Molly that's like cocaine. And I was like, that's probably why. Yes. I, that's not, yeah. I don't like to go up. I like to go down. Uh-huh. <laughs> or, like, or like this, which is, I feel, how you would uh, describe LSD. But All yeah. over. So when you're microdosing, were you microdosing mushrooms or microdosing LSD? I was microdosing LSD and failed miserably. Oh, really? But during the day, it was fantastic. Uh And it was absolutely kind of like just like a subtle lightness to everything. Uh Yeah, totally. But that could potentially be dangerous. Like, I feel like if someone would have tried to start a fight with me, I just would have been confused. Mm-hmm. Like it was that kind of thing where you feel that like, hey, hey what's yeah. going on with this yep. guy? And it's like, oh, no, that person's very upset. Like <laughs> it's almost that level of, you know, de-stressing. Mm-hmm. But it was nice to like not have any plans that day and just hang out with friends and go to museums and walk around. Oh, that sounds and, like, nice. Go get dinner and stuff. Yeah, it was like that kind Beautiful of day, day that we like planned. Yeah. Beautiful but day. yeah, but then at the end it was like, whoa, no, too much. But it was like I was just home and didn't mean to be tripping that hard, but it was fine. Oh, when you got, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, I honestly, the biggest problem with any hallucinogen is that yeah, it doesn't turn off when you want it end. to turn off. Yeah. 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 The turn off is the problem when you're just like, yeah. okay, now I, I go, I go to unconscious now because I can't do it. <laughs> and uh, you can't. I, nope. <laughs> you I just, always have visual. That's why I like to trip during the day because mm-hmm. all day I'm cool. Once it gets to yes. night and I don't want to be in that state anymore, I'm like, boo, shut yeah. it down. <laughs> and you can't really watch TV to chill out. You can't oh, really. Yes. Because everything my seems layered like, and weird. Oh my gosh, my friends that can like, I was tripping once uh, with a friend and he had things to do and I didn't. And he's like, oh, hold on, let me post for this show real quick. And I was freaking out looking at him <laughs> use a phone. Yes. Right. I was like, how are you 
even in that realm right now is laughing. I was like laughing at the concept of phones. I was like, you're letting people know about things to do outside? Insane. No, we did a story and I was trying to look up the number, but there was like one guy who overdosed on LSD, but there was another one I just found. It was the it was a 46-year-old woman who snorted a staggering 550 times the normal recreational dose of LSD. Wow. But, but then she found that she had had this foot pain since she was in her 20s and it went away that's afterwards amazing that's amazing after she remembered that her feet existed how long was she in whatever kind of state correct after she was no longer one with the universe and slowly her body parts started reappearing <laughs> exactly oh my this, god this is interesting that you had that story scotty because i did have this story picked out for us for this eve for this you evening. dirty dog Ozzy Osbourne gave up taking acid after talking to a horse for an hour. <laughs> I love him so much. Oh my yeah. goodness. He is Me too. This is uh it's a it's a great one. This was sent in by the classic Copy Haste. Thank you, Copy Haste. Thank you, Copy Haste. Um this was in NME uh by Charlotte Kroll. Thank Ooh, you, Charlotte. Nick Kroll's in the biz. Sister. Nick Kroll's best friend and sister. <laughs> and sister. <laughs> and wife. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne has revealed that he gave up taking acids in the 70s after Trip left him chatting huh. to a horse. That's also surprising <laughs> that he stopped in the 70s. Yeah. The rock legend was speaking in a new interview about the making of his former band Black Sabbath's fourth album, Volume 4, which was in the group's chaotic heyday. Quote, we lived in a house in Los Angeles, rehearsed there, did loads of drugs, and made an amp album. Simple. Those were good times, Osbourne mm-hmm. told Classic Rock. At that time in America, people were very fond of lacing your drinks with acid, Osborne continued. Uh, I didn't care. I used to swallow handfuls of tabs at a time. The end of it came when we got back to England. I took 10 tabs of acid, <laughs> which is a, for those who don't know, that's a very large amount of acid, and then went for a walk in a field. I ended up standing there talking to this horse for about an hour. Fantastic. In the end... The horse hmm. turned round and told me to fuck off. <laughs> that was that was it for me. <laughs> oh my Fair enough. gosh! I'm the whole time you were talking. I was imagining him telling the story, and because I love him, because I watched that real. I'm like of, of the age where I watched that reality yeah. TV show and me just too. loved him so much. And so I'm imagining him telling that story now, and how many like different. Segways it would have in between before he just said, anyway, at the end, it just ended up telling me to fuck off. And that's why I don't take acid anymore. And you're just like, what? That was, I tried watching, I, I used to have to watch clips of it, of that show, because I used to host a a clip roundup show, or I did yeah. the voiceover for a clip roundup show. So I would only ever see little clips of that show. And every time I saw it, he just seemed incapable of making a sentence is that yes. the case that now yeah you can under i feel like i could understand it if i heard him now but okay <laughs> it is a lot here's the thing if you can understand what he's saying he's technically the voice of reason in that household <laughs> yes he and is. that's why i liked him so much <laughs> that show launched all those shows there yeah. osborne's was the first hey we're inside your house filming oh. it and then like Jessica Simpson came after that, and then like all the way to even like Vanderpump and Real Housewives. With wow. none of those exist without Meet the Osbournes. 
Interesting. It was the first of that format. And it came from a Cribs because the MTV Cribs of Ozzy's house was so entertaining because they were all like Jack Osborne, his son, was playing the video game Doom while wearing a gas mask. And it's just like, well, that's the funniest shit I've ever seen. Yeah. And so they were like, well, let's follow the Osbournes. And it launched this sort of we're inside World. your house with lots of cameras. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because I've never talked to an animal, I think, on acid, but I did once like have an experience where I felt like an older version of me was talking to me in a mirror and my friend's cat was there Uh at the time. I was just like sitting in the bathroom, but the cat happened to come in there. And so at the end I looked over, it was just like, Comet, are you seeing this? Like I was yelling, I went to the cat for confirmation. Um, So that's a thing that I do reference with that friend where I'll be like, well, I'm not worried anymore because I like future me told me that when I die, I'm going to be fine with it. And Comet was there. He heard the whole thing. That's a very reassuring (laughs) conversation with an older version of yourself. It it was weird because it wasn't even like actual sentences or anything. It was just like staring in the mirror and feeling this kind of like Mm -hmm. whatever. But it was like, I'm not going to tell you when because that would be weird, but you'll be cool with it. And I was like, all right, cool. And I just kind of took that for whatever it is. That sounds so real. That's wonderful. That's what we all want. (laughs) Yeah. It's for us from the dead pet future to be like, it's okay. Don't worry. It's probably where it came from was me asking it and somewhere in my psyche. My, I was like, <laughs> okay, well, obviously I'm not going to make up a number that you can freak out about forever. Why would I tell you exactly? That's right. Oh, yeah. That would, have we really talked scary. about this? Would you rather know when or how? Ooh. You die. Hmm. Um, um, well, when. You would want to know I when. <gasps> I think yeah. I would want to say how, and I'll probably use that for clues. Yeah. But I don't know if I want to know when. But I feel like how, because I've had certain weird premonitions of how I think I will, uh-huh. that I would want to just be like, ha I was right. Or if it's like you flip your vet, I'll just be like, what? All right. Like, I don't know how yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, like what? <laughs> or it's like somewhere <laughs> off of an island somewhere, I like disappear mysteriously. I'll be like, sick. I just want to make a ton of plans the day before and big promises to That's people. so... Also, here's the thing. The fact that your whole underlying thing was for a prank, zero surprise that that was why you picked it. Yeah. I would be like, look at me. Just a listen. long con. Today is Tuesday. On Thursday... I'm coming over to your house. I'm going to give you the greatest massage of your life. Then I'm taking you out for a very special dinner. I'm going to tell you the biggest secret, where I've buried my fortune. And just, uh, uh, just starts a bunch of fights and tells guys to meet him tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a bunch of angry people. guys at a park. Where is he? It's like, oh, that's how I died. I made myself die. <laughs> Uh, I know they're all self-fulfilling prophecies. That's right. (laughs) I went to the first Rams game of the season because I wanted to see SoFi Stadium. And the halftime show was Ozzy Osbourne. He did two songs. And he's looking pretty old. Like they had a thing around him. How old is he now? He's he's 42. He's 42 years old. old. I wouldn't be surprised if he was much younger than we think. He looks amazing. My guess would be Ozzy 77. You're looking at I, I I'll that look it up good. because so my seats were next to this really nice group of like older black guys who were he is 
74. Man, okay. okay. That's pretty young, actually. I, yeah. I was a little more worn out than that. Oh, he um, is. So these older guys are next to me, and I'm like, I wonder if they like Ozzy Osbourne. Like, they were probably men in their 60s, so I'm like, they know who this guy is. And they're like, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage with a new album called blah, 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 you know, Ozzy Osbourne. And they all start, like, elbowing each other really sweetly, and they're like, we came for a football game, we're getting a show. We came for a football game, we're getting a show. <laughs> and I'm like, this is great. And then Ozzy plays his song off his new album, which nobody knows, and they're all, everybody's politely headbanging along. <laughs> yeah. But then he plays Crazy Train, like one of his biggest hits, and the guys next to me are like, "Go ahead, Ozzy!" And they're like up in the, they're like screaming. They yes! love Crazy Train. Yes, it, it was amazing. I was like, Ozzy Osbourne has power. This dude. Has I love. Juice. Here's the thing: there are a lot of black rock fans because I feel like I found stuff like that when I was younger and felt like I was like, oh, nobody like me likes this. Like, uh-huh. I'm weird. And my mom was like, oh, because it was, I was younger. It was when Wayne's World came out and I sure. fell in love with Queen. Yeah, and I, my mom like saw me looking it up or found me like listening to it. She was like, your uncle used to like Queen. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm not weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It was so, but the joy of just hearing Crazy Train live. But yeah, we came for a game. We got a show. I would love to hear someone my dad's age just yell, go head on Ozzy. While he blasts Crazy Train and like hobbles around. (laughs) What was he strapped in with, Scotty? He was, so they they pushed the whole stage out like a halftime show. And he was already hidden inside the stage so he wouldn't have to do the walk. So then he rises up out of the stage and he looks great and he actually still sounds great good he he was standing and like it was almost like if you were on a game show and standing at like a little it wasn't a uh, podium but it had like a little circular thing around his waist and you could tell he was like secured from the back so it was almost like a hip brace holding him in place and then he stood still and the band rotated around him and then at the end of it lowered him back down put the thing (laughs) off stage nice yeah, he's a he's a fall risk for sure. I've seen him on carpet. <laughs> like you can't be having him on all kinds of mobile. It sounds like they just turned the stage into a very expensive wheelchair for yes. a second <laughs> that like encapsulated him, and then he rose. Yeah, from he has it. his own elevator where he doesn't have to walk for. He stays in the elevator to perform. <laughs> just drives it right back to Brentwood. The whole stage going up the four hundred five. Get his old butt home. It was cool. It was so cool to see. I just like when older folks get pumped on shit. It yeah. like makes me so happy. Uh, <laughs> here, I'll tease us into a break, y'all. Um, two. Count them two. Virginia inmates tunneled out of jail with a toothbrush and traveled seven miles to go to IHOP. Yes. 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 Stack them up. Bananas. Bananas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Skeptical, 
folks, we are back. Scotty, you got any shout outs? I do have a few quickies. Uh, Bryn Bailey. Sorry, Bryn, I didn't get this in in time. So we're just going to shout out her friend Emily. We missed the cutoff date. They live in different cities, but Emily is truly the best in the business. So that's nice. Yeah. Uh, Colette Foster. Great name. You don't hear Colette very much yeah. anymore. I used to work with a Colette. She took all my shifts. Oh, nice. Nice good lady. People. Good people, Colette. Great people. <laughs> the Colette. Never met a nasty Colette. They're all great people. Uh, Colette Foster is a day one bananimal. She's shouting herself out for getting accepted to med school after 10 years of trying. Whoa. One of her advisors told her she'd have a better chance at winning the lottery than ever getting <gasps> into med school, but she kept on trying nice. and got it. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that so much. I what like that so much. I do not like that teacher. Who no tells kidding. people stuff like that? It's like, Sad you don't know. Losers. Shit, you don't know the future, you lunatic. I know. It's the worst. Anyways, good for you, Colette. We hope you make a wonderful doctor Yay. or whatever the heck you want to do one day. You did it. Congratulations. Colleen Madsen, is sh- this is a first, I think, is shouting out her dogs. <laughs> Ethan, Benjamin, and Susan. <laughs> and Susan? And Susan. Ethan, nice. Benjamin, Ethan and Susan. Hawk, Benjamin Buttons, say, and Ethan Susan Sontag. Ethan is a stately name yes. for a dog. Yes. Uh, they listen to bananas while taking their daily walks, and the dogs walk perfectly in sync to our theme song, Kurt. So <laughs> shout out to Kahan, our dude who made that wonderful song. You're you're good with the dogs. And last but not least, uh, here we go. Rebecca Schwartz started her own editing business. We're all writers here. We mm-hmm. might need her one day. We get and Bananimals, if you've written a book or you've written a kid's book or you've written anything, you can send it to Rebecca. She was a stay-at-home mom with her two teens, but now she uh, is editing anything, including poetry, children's literature, you name it. She does it. Kurt. The name of her company is amazing. You will love this. Give it to me. Words, 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 editing LLC. Yeah. Words, words, words. So, Bananimals, if you're a writer, and so many of you are, you DM us questions about it all the time, and you need an editor, go to words, 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 editing.com. And that's what I got. Sweet. Thank you. And, of course, we are here with the fantastic and hilarious Katrina Davis. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for being here, Katrina. Your podcast... Um, Podvant. The art history. So yeah. how, uh, tell me, first off, tell me about the, the podcast itself. And secondly, like, who's listening to an art history podcast? Is it all art history majors? Okay, so Podvant Guard is an art history podcast that mm. I do with my two uh, friends and cool. artists, Andrea Guzetta and Jordan Lee Williams. They are both art history majors. Okay who wow. hated art history because <laughs> of their schooling, because yeah, they course. feel like it was really kind of focused in on a certain time, or not even a certain time, just like a lot of white male artists yep. being focused on and things like that. So we try to focus on more of the unseen are unspoken about as much artists, female artists, artists of color, things like that. Nice. And I just like art. I don't mm-hmm. know. I just like go to museums alone and stare at stuff. I like and it too. that's how I like learn that I like artists is I'll be like, oh, I've stared at this before. And another like somebody else, like I'll be like, wait, I recognize this. And I'm like, yeah, I know art. Like, I'm <laughs> the lowest common denominator. So it's um, us all, you know, 
learning together about artists that we love or learning more about uh, yeah. artists that are already our favorites. And I learn the most, but also tell the most jokes. So oh, nice. <laughs> where's your favorite place in LA to go look at art? Ooh, um, I, Ooh, probably for different reasons. Like I like cam, obviously the, um, museum of African-American art okay. that's over by the space Shuttle. In exposition, but yeah, that in one. exposition yeah, yeah, park, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that one. That one's good, uh, and I like LACMA just because it's so big. Mm-hmm. So I feel so like weird. You can yeah. Do it in parts. Yes. I can go back there for like a month and just kind of go from space to space and work my way through it whenever there's new exhibits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like going to the Broad for special stuff. Yes. Like I've gone to the Broad at night for bands to play and things like that. And like, yeah, I had when I first moved here, I went to obviously I still do it alone, but I went to a lot more stuff alone. And I would kind of like run into comics there. It was a nice way to kind of accidentally not feel so alone. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And to our Bananimals who've never been to Los Angeles, LACMA is the museum that has all the light poles, light fixtures outside that influencers always pose and take pictures with, like a million lamp posts outside. And the Broad is the one with the giant table that you can go underneath that you've seen a million times. It looks like Yeezy and a Swiss cheese had a baby on the outside. That's what the building looks like. It's just like a holy, cool, futuristic looking building it is like it could like rocket up into the sky at any moment it is very cool i recently took we had uh out of town visitors and we took uh the kids there i have a three and a six-year-old and um, that's fun nope and uh (laughs) it was just like because gus is at the age where He'll just he'll just walk up and touch stuff. And we had just done that story about the woman in Spain or whatever knocking over the coons for the forty thousand uh-huh. dollar coons. Sure. And they have multiple coons there, and one that of the looks. dogs yeah. that's like sitting yes. up on the thing. And I'm like, I know exactly how much that costs. And the people, because we were like one of the first <laughs> people in there, one so the guards were just aggressively policing the kids on your children. Yeah. And so I was like, it made me so nervous. I was like, I know, I know. I'm like, I'm keeping them, I'm keeping them. And I turn and Gus is stepping up onto the platform to touch the nice. coons. He's so fast. <laughs> He's so fast. He's so little and so fast. He loves art. So Lauren has photos of us from that from that day. And it's just me in like chase mode at all times. <laughs> like just <laughs> trying to intercept them before they get to the next piece of art. Because they're like, running at friends. full speed through just the museum looking at everything. And I'm just trying to keep them from hitting because there's stuff on all sides. They could make, they yeah. could dart into anything at any point. And yep. so it was That's incredibly stressful. Just Kurt in a deep lunge yes. for an entire <laughs> afternoon. Just all man. Always ready. Get no, up. and those aren't even my favorite light posts in LA because I like no. art and architecture. I oh, like yeah. buildings. I go around taking pictures of buildings all the time. And they're in front of the Virgil. Yes. Is one of my favorite yes. things, it's which so is all cool. the it's old light poles, yep. which is just like the electric building. But yep. all of our municipal buildings are beautiful. Yes. Like they are. every department of water is gorgeous. I don't know what's going on. They're <laughs> yeah. all beautiful. All deco and all that. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. So for awesome. those who don't do it, like literally, it is. I don't. I think it's 125 light posts, and it was all from the original 
it was right from when electricity was brought to the city. Each neighborhood was responsible for putting up their own light poles. So each one had a different design for every single neighborhood. So as you drive through LA, most of them are gone because people like have stolen the glass out of them. Um, And they just replaced them on the, I live in Atwater and they just replaced all the light poles on the bridge, which is such a bummer because those were so pretty. Yes. Um, But every single one is like represented right Right there, and it's just yeah. out on the street. It's awesome. Yes, I love it. I feel like no one's ever around there, and I'm always walking by there getting tacos. Virgil yeah. Village, baby. Yeah, it's not bad. Go down to Alma, get yourself a cider. It's a great little bar. All righty, let's get back into it. Robert yeah. Woodbury sent this in. Thank okay, you, Robert. Rob. Uh, this was in Yahoo News, written by Azmi Haroon. Thank you, Azmi Haroon. You are truly the best in the business when it comes to pancake news. Two Virginia inmates tunneled out of jail with a toothbrush and traveled seven miles to go to IHOP. Love it. What in the Shawshank? What in <laughs> there the it is. Shank. Somebody had to say it. Two, <laughs> I know. Good for them. Two Virginia inmates who broke out of their jail cell with a toothbrush tasted sweet freedom for a day at IHOP miles away before they were caught. According to the Newport News uh, Sheriff's Office, two inmates were missing during a headcount on Thursday. The pair, John M. Garza and Arlie V. Nemo. I mean, Arlie V. Nemo. Is an amazing name. Wow. Great name. Yeah. Like, if you gave me a list of prisoners' names and you were like, which one of these guys you think dug out of here with a toothbrush? <laughs> Arlie Nemo. Arlie V. Nemo would be at the top of my list. I would have guessed it, but in like 1910. Yes. <laughs> uh, he used primitive tools, including toothbrush and untied rebar, to dig a hole out of their cell wall. They then scaled a wall and made a daring escape. Um, they exploited construction weaknesses uh, and design weaknesses, blah, 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 blah. Um, Basically, the two made it to this IHOP seven miles away in the neighboring town of Hampton, Virginia, and they opted for International House of Pancakes instead of the Waffle House that was a few blocks away. Interesting. If they had gone to the Waffle House, they would not be caught now. Guaranteed. They'd be managing that Waffle House. They'd be amongst friends. They would be owning several Waffle House. You chose wrong, Arlie. I have have had my favorite Waffle House person get snatched up for stealing car parts, and we were all so sad. Like, they definitely would have been safe at a Waffle House. We are huge fans. Kurt and I are huge fans. Wish they were a sponsor. We love Waffle House. We do. Um, they did not, NNSO, which is Newport News Sheriff's Office, did not immediately respond to insiders' requests for comment, but in a press release, they said private citizens notified law enforcement when they saw the men dining at IHOP. I hope, hey, I don't know if these guys, what crimes they committed, so I'm not going to just say they're awesome, they should be free, but like, they did it. They got out and they ate pancakes, which is pretty incredible. <laughs> there uh, should be, there should be... Kind of like a rule where it's like, if you can get out of the prison with a toothbrush, you should be out. You should be allowed to be free. (laughs) I know there used to be a thing where they like wouldn't penalize you more for trying to get out because they were like, yeah, who doesn't want to get out? Oh, interesting. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know if they still do that. They were just like leveling with people. Yeah. Yeah. It totally makes sense that you would try to do this. And how good. 
do those pancakes taste? I mean, Can you imagine? God. I well, also, I'm sure that like their pictures were on the news and stuff, but I'm imagining them being identified because they were like dirty and in striped jumpsuits yeah. just eating pancakes. Yeah, Serve like them. having crawled out of the ground. Yes, like and being classic. like, we made it. Yeah. Yes. Like we're raising Arizona. Yeah, raising Arizona level, dirty coming out of the ground. That's what I'm picturing. Also, it's very funny to go to a sit-down restaurant. When yeah, get you it def- to go, Get it y'all. to go. Eat it in the woods. Keep moving. Keep it moving. You're so right. You're so smart. You figuring out structural weaknesses in a prison. Don't then yeah. go sit in the IHOP. <laughs> Thank you. You identified a less-than-perfect buttress, <laughs> but you were like, you know what? I'm going to take this right here. I'm going to sit Boy. in this booth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if these were nonviolent offenders, if these guys were in there for some, you know, oh, we didn't pay our taxes for 10 years, I'm like, enjoy the pancakes, boys. I hope they were good. But yeah, mm-hmm. they got them. They're back. Unfortunately, they were caught, or maybe fortunately they were caught. Uh, and now the sheriff's office, are they're looking at security and construction flaws in the jail. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And but taking no, away says, everyone's toothbrushes. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. You say it, but it probably did. <laughs> Oh, man, so, so wild. I love that one. Ah, that's Uh, great. There was, when I was on Workaholics, there were two businesses near us, Target. And so every day after lunch, we would do a Target walk where we, all the writers would just do two laps around the whole entire inside of Target. And we would see fall come in and winter come in and spring come in. You'd see new products. You'd see all the holidays. It was very funny how well stocked our cupboards and pantries and bathrooms were during that era. The other business was between a train rail yard and a scrap metal yard, and it was a sports topless a topless sports bar called Games and Dames. <laughs> and their advertisement was for a $2 steak on Wednesdays until midnight. Oh, God. So we went probably eight to ten times over the four or five years I was there. $2 steak. How many ounces? Um, it was Two. a plate. <laughs> That's why I was like, no, I'm so afraid. It better not be big. It better <laughs> it, not be big. It was bigger than you think, and wow. it had like a handful of fries. So it was $2. And so all these like construction worker guys, the scrap metal guys, the train yard guys, and then the workhawks writing staff, men and women, are, were in there. And they, they were all friendly. It was great. It was like great because sometimes it didn't happen much, but maybe two times our boss was like, yeah, you guys can go. At like 3 p.m. we're drinking pitchers of beer and eating $2 steaks in a strip club. <laughs> and one day, it's like, I don't know, six or seven customers. It's really slow. It's middle of the day. And we're sitting there and we're like, we got to go get Wednesday $2 steaks. And the dancer comes out and she's like, hey guys. And she recognized one of the workaholics dudes. And she's like, do you mind uh, if I practice my death drop? And we hey. go, yeah. So, Kurt, you you may or may not know it's called this, I but don't. the death drop is where they climb up the pole. A uh-huh. Games and Dames pole is pretty high. It's probably 15 feet. Uh. It's, pre- it's pretty large. And then they put their legs around it, and then they drop face first Ooh. towards the stage and stop basically as close to the stage oh. as you can get. Okay. So we're all a couple drinks in, and we're like, sure. It's like, basically, this dancer wanted us to ju- to say, that was awesome, that wasn't awesome, you know, hold up little 10 signs. She told us. She didn't tell anybody else. So she does her first death drop. Squeaks 
Yeah. All of a sudden, we're like, yay, cheering her on. She's fine. Her face is two inches from the stage or whatever. <sighs> we applaud. She climbs back up, starts spinning, is going to do it again. And then we hear commotion. <laughs> oh, man. And like at one of the other tables of, I don't know, three tables, somebody's choking on their steak because, <laughs> because they saw this woman falling face first oh, and, and gasped. <laughs> so then his friend is slapping him on the back as hard as he can. And I'm like, I don't think you're supposed to do that either when somebody's choking. <laughs> so the guy that's choking and also dancer keeps dancing, servers keep serving, bartender keeps bartending. We keep like watching because what I don't know, like we'll see what happens. The guy that's choking waves everybody off, walks outside. Day continues. <laughs> Nothing changes. So as far as we we know, the man just walked outside and choked to death and died. <laughs> About two songs later, he comes back in. Everybody gives him a round of applause. <laughs> he sits back down. A girl comes and sits on his lap and gives him a beer and a kiss on the side of the face. Aww. And he like waves it off and just keeps eating steak. Oh <laughs> but oh in 15 God. minutes, I went from watching like five or six death drops, <laughs> eating a $2 steak with my friends, and then watching a man perilously close to dying. It yeah, was like games and is... dames. It was incredible. That, but that whole idea of... <laughs> Of like when do you, when after you choke, when is it okay to start eating again? Is yes. the big question. <laughs> Four <'Cause> minutes. <laughs> I, I heard I a friend of mine who's a comic. She saved uh, another friend's life, a, a mutual friend who I don't know if she wants this story on the podcast, but she was eating shrimp and so yes. started choking. Did the whole thing. She came over, <laughs> did Heimlich, saved it, oh, and wow. then it was like, "Thank you so much." Oh my goodness, that was scary. And then it was like, "Beep, beep, beep." It was like. Can I keep eating the shrimp? <laughs> <laughs> and then they just kept eating the shrimp. You just have to chew one more time than you were before. Exactly. That's it. Yes, it's not a right. much more complicated procedure. But I imagined that man leaving and the lady still being upside down and just going, and that's why they call it a death drop. <laughs> yes. Oh, we would have tipped her 20s. We would have been it like, just good. cascades down. <laughs> You're hired. That's amazing. So, um, so good. That was a good one. I'm going to give us one more uh, headline and send us all home. Sounds great. Here we go. Anton God. syndrome. The people that don't know they're blind. What the what? Yes. Wow, I've never heard of that. No, no, this is amazing. Again, this is another copy haste one. Doing two copy haste ones. Put it in He's your books. good. Banana of the week, copy haste. This is from IFL Science by Jack Dunhill, who is the very best in the biz when it comes to blind cases. Mm-hmm. In Not rare cases of stroke and brain damage, patients can lose their sight altogether. Disoriented and unaware of what's happened, it can take clinicians days before they establish that the person mm-hmm. has become blind. Whoa. But what if the patient themselves don't know that they are blind? In extremely rare circumstances, extremely someone that rare. has no sight at all will entirely believe, often to the point of anger, that they can see perfectly fine. Fascinating. With, yeah. With just 28 what? cases in recorded history, these people have been diagnosed with Anton syndrome. What is mm. Anton syndrome? Otherwise known as Anton's blindness or visual anoskenosis, is named after neurologist Gabriel Anton and describes someone that is cortically blind, blindness due to damage to the brain's visual region, but who confabulates visions that that make them believe that they have not Mm. lost their sight. Wow. 
Yes. So they're seeing something. They're seeing it's just something. Not it's not the reality. And so they like wa- they'll like wow. they'll like refuse help and try and like walk and just like walk into walls and stuff. Right. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Isn't that crazy? Whoa. Yeah. The wow. brain is fascinating. How frustrating God, would that one. be? Because you would be like, I can see I'm looking right at and then just like yeah. run into something. You're like, no, you're not. I <laughs> I can see. You have five faces. I see all five of them, pal. <laughs> all right, maybe I'll drive. Maybe I'll take over and drive the rest of the way, Anton. Thank oh. you. Well, Katrina, oh, thank Katrina. you so Please. much for being here. Where can everybody find you? Oh, thank you so much for having me. Um, You all can find me um on Instagram and my website and everything is the same thing. It's just Katrina Savad. It's just uh, Davis backwards <laughs> on all the things. Wonderful. And go watch her brand new special on all the oh, things yeah. right now. Absolutely. Figuring it out. It is so good. It's 57 slammed wall-to-wall jokes, which I appreciate because sometimes you feel filler in specials and mm-hmm. your special has no filler. That's all killer. the best. Bananas. <laughs> Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas. Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.